on this week's episode of Evolution of a Black Girl. Everybody has experiences from the past that might be affecting their present. And so working through some of those experiences can really help you improve how your life is now and where you're going in the future. Thank you for listening to Evolution of a Black Girl podcast, where we highlight Black women trailblazers and history makers past, present, and future. I'm your host, Morgan Ava McCoy-Harris, actress, author, filmmaker, and creator of award-winning one-woman show, Evolution of a Black Girl from the Slave House to the White House. If you receive some inspiration from today's podcast, please leave a review and let me know. I want to hear from you. Hey, everybody. This is Morgan Ava McCoy-Harris, and you are listening to the Evolution of a Black Girl podcast. Thank you for logging on. Thank you for listening today. We are going to talk about mental health. But before we get to the present day trailblazer, history maker, uh, who is Ashley Murphy Reed, I would like to share with you about uh, a woman who made history in the area of psychology back in 1933. Yes. Dr. Inez Beverly Prosser is her name. She was the first African-American woman to earn her Ph.D. in psychology. Her story is very interesting. She was born one of 11 children, 11 children, guys. And um, her parents didn't have much money. They were in Texas, didn't have much money. The father was a waiter. The mother was a homemaker. They knew they could only afford to send one of their children to school. So they were going to send Inez's older brother, but he saw something in his sister and he advocated for her and convinced his parents to send her instead, which ended up being a very, very wise choice because Inez, uh, not only did she graduate valedictorian of her high school class, went on to earn her bachelor's degree. Uh, while in Texas, she kept pushing past the limits that people try to put on her. So she left Texas so she could earn her master's degree. She went to Colorado to earn her master's degree. Then she pushed past the limits again and to go to Cincinnati to earn her doctorate in psychology. And in the while doing all this and going through matriculating through the various schools and getting her education, she was working in the education system and all while she kept sending money back home. And so she helped pay for five of her younger siblings to go to college. But in addition to how she impacted her personal family, specifically her research examined the self-esteem and personality variables, comparing and contrasting African-American middle school students who were in integrated schools versus African-American middle school students that were in segregated schools. And at that time, her research showed that the Black children fared better in segregated schools uh, versus those that were in integrated schools. And her topic and, and her research topic was definitely controversial. Unfortunately, because her, she died so young and just only a year after putting out her research, we don't know what was next, right, for her. Um, because I do believe, based on the things that I've read and the papers that she's, she, her family has put out, that uh, the next step could have been how, right, how do we create integrated schools that do not negatively impact the Black students, right, that does not negatively impact their self-esteem, our personalities, what are some things that could be done to help these particular students that she observed who were struggling um, 
in the integrated schools. And so I'm really thankful we're about to hop on and you guys are gonna listen to an interview that I was able to do with Ashley Murphy-Reed, the CEO of Pack Light Counseling, a phenomenal person. Um, you're gonna hear her bio in just a second, but she's gonna speak to uh, some resiliency factors. For those of you that are parents or those of you who are historians or those of you just interested to see, you know, okay, tell me about this Dr. Prosser and how, why did she determine this? And obviously we're in integrated schools now, so how can I make sure that my child's self-esteem is not negatively impacted because of the things that they might be experiencing in schools? All of that, we're gonna cover all of that as well as talking about your own personal mental health and trauma and healing and growing and how we can thrive and not just survive. So listen in to this interview. Brought to you by Star Shoutout. Star Shoutouts are great for birthdays, holidays, or any special occasion. So choose your star and personalize your Star Shoutout today at starshoutout.com. We are excited to have you back, Evolution of Black Girl Podcast. So we just talked about Agnes Beverly Proser, America's first Black female psychologist. And I'm really, really thankful for the guest we have on today. She is a dear friend who I absolutely adore. Ashley Murphy-Reed, a native of Roanoke, Virginia, and a graduate of William Fleming High School. She attended the University of Richmond as an Oliver Hill Scholar and earned a BA degree in sociology with a minor in history. In May of 2014, she graduated from Virginia Commonwealth University with a master's of social work and a master of divinity from Baptist Theological Seminary at Richmond. From an early age, Ashley was passionate about helping people and strengthening families. After she got her master's degree, she worked as an intensive in-home counselor and a crisis counselor where she could help stabilize people in their home or in their own environment on a short-term basis. Ashley realized that she may be able to have a more profound impact by helping people heal from the root of their behavior by becoming an outpatient therapist. After working for two outpatient therapy practices, Ashley opened her own practice called Pack Light Counseling LLC. She works with all age groups, but she specializes in treating survivors of trauma. Her motto is helping you feel lighter. She strongly believes that we all have the capacity to have our burdens lifted so we can lead lives where we feel productive, safe, and fulfilled. Pack Light Counseling LLC has now expanded to a group practice that has eight counselors and two administrators. They're licensed to provide virtual counseling in Virginia, Georgia, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Maryland, and they have in-person counseling in Mechanicsville, Virginia, and Macon, Georgia. I know that was a lot, guys, but I am so impressed with Ashley. I told her I cannot cut your bio because it's so good. Welcome. Ashley Murphy Reed. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Morgan. Thank you for allowing me to join you this morning. I'm so excited to be here. We're excited to have you, Ashley. And um, you know, like I said when I opened up, I'm so thankful for for your friendship. I'm thankful for you really embodying this whole concept of Black Girl Magic, you are really changing lives every day and I'm grateful for you. And uh, I'm super glad that our audience are having an opportunity to connect with you. Um, and I was really interested in, in seeing how you have a minor in history. And of course, my passion is history and telling these stories that um, impact the past and how it impacts our future. Um, and before we jump into your evolution story, because I really would love for people to hear 
how you got called into this industry. But before we jump in there, just to make some connections with what we just talked about with Dr. Prosser, America's first Black female psychologist. You know, um, there was a lot of controversy, as I shared earlier, you guys, there was a lot of controversy during Brown versus Board of Education because of um, Dr. Inez Beverly's research, specifically speaking to how in her research, she saw that students who were um, in middle school and segregated schools versus those that were integrated in integrated schools, how their self-esteem had been challenged because of the experiences that they had uh, from their white teachers. And so, um, and speaking to trauma, I know that's a large term and there are a lot of things that are considered traumatic, but also racial trauma is real. And so I was hoping, Ashley, if you could kind of unpack a little bit from your experience, I know we talked about how it was 10 years ago, but just from your experience as as a mental health professional and also someone, a lover of history, helping us kind of understand maybe how she got to this determination in her research. Yeah, well, I think one big way to connect it to trauma is the facet of resiliency. And resiliency is factors that help us lessen the intensity of trauma. So in terms of a school system, um, when when Black kids were going to school together, the resiliency was that community. You know, it was, it was your teacher that was friends with your mama already and your grandmama and everybody you knew went to that school. And so the elementary school or the middle school or the high school was that whole um, community was a source of strength for you and a protective factor to prevent you from being in a traumatic um, situation. You know, it, it felt like you had somebody to fall back on. Mm-hmm. Whereas when school started to integrate, those resiliency factors were were weakened. You know, like if somebody was picking on you, you didn't have the same ability to contact your auntie who was the guidance counselor or, you know, your cousin who was a grade above you. You were much more isolated. And so it was easier to experience trauma um, in those situations because you just didn't have the same community support anymore. Oh, wow, Ashley, thank you so much. Um, And that makes a lot of sense for someone that is a uh, mental health ally, but I'm definitely not in that space. And so I'm really grateful for for you being able to communicate in such a very compact way that makes it make sense and how and how we can be intentional about incorporating resiliency factors and for our children. Can you tell us uh, speaks to how you are able to navigate in all spaces and really connect with all people, which is which is the goal, you know, especially and I'm sure that's helpful with what you do. Because your patient mom was a teacher um, at an elementary school in an inner city school system. And um, so I used to see her take some of like our dressers or furniture that we weren't using anymore and take it to some of her kids' homes because they were refugees. And she learned that they didn't have any furniture at the house. And so it was things like that that I started to realize, 
oh, you know, I really enjoy helping people. And as I got older, I realized it's not always about just giving people things, um, but let's improve the health of the family as a whole. And then maybe that person is better suited to work outside the home or, you know, they can find a job and keep a job because things at home are more stable. And so, um, yeah, that was sort of my trajectory all throughout college, wanting to like work for a nonprofit because that was just my mindset, like, oh, let's give people things or let's counsel them. And so, um, but once I got to my master's program, still thinking I would work for a nonprofit, but I realized a master's in social work is more so preparing you to be a therapist. And so I just sort of went down that trajectory. Now, though, you are a minister as well as a therapist and seeing how we pair ministry and mental health, because I, I think in some people's minds, they're on the two polar opposites, you know, of the field, but really they they go hand in hand. And right. do speak to to someone that maybe, you know, is in ministry or, you know, is a believer, but he's wrestling with, well, Jesus is a deliverer, which we know he is, but how how ministry and mental health don't work against each other, but can work together. Yeah, yeah. They are absolutely like um, parallel, paralleling each other. Like I will say a lot of times, I feel like my clients that come from a background of faith do tend to heal faster because we can pull in their strengths from knowing the word. Or, or prayer, all those things, yes, they are connecting you to God, but they're also literally healing your brain as well. <laughs> you know, a lot of times, um, and I don't want to be too technical, um, but like depression is partly a buildup of negative thoughts. And so if you are truly speaking life to your situation and speaking scriptures over your situation, then you aren't going to have as many of those negative thoughts built up, you know. And so um, there's a lot that we can do to, to weave in your own beliefs into the healing process. And so we're like literally in inviting God into the room a lot of the times to see what he has to say about your situation. And um, I'd say a lot of the times I'm just letting the Holy Spirit speak to people and, and let them heal, giving them an hour a week to focus on letting God minister to them about their situation. And so um, these things can absolutely be walked hand in hand together. Amen. Amen. I would like specifically if you could address, and I do want to, as a disclaimer, just say, of course, this is a interview segment. We're not giving any, um, any specific mental health advice. Um, right. But we're talking about the importance of mental health and and speaking, shining light to this wonderful woman who is doing the work and and telling her story. But I would like, um, you know, I've had a lot of experiences and I've met so many different people, and I've probably been that person 
in the past where there's so many stigmas associated with therapy and talking to someone, you know, have you experienced that as far as hearing, you know, people who have their uh, guard up or feel like it's, it's, I don't need it. It's for those people, not for me. Or, Or what are some things that can be debunked to help those who might be listening and teeter tottering on whether they need to talk to somebody? Yeah, yeah. So there's definitely an old stigma that like people just go to therapy if they're crazy or, you know, if it's that that weird uncle that needs help, it's not me, you know. And so it can really be used for everybody because everybody has experiences from the past that might be affecting their present. And so working through some of those experiences can really help you improve how your life is now and where you're going in the future. Everybody um, can benefit from talking through things, you know, men and women. I know there's that stigma that, you know, just women go to therapy, but men absolutely need therapy as well. Um, And there's so many modalities now outside of just talking, too. I do want to get that out there. It's not just sitting on a couch for an hour and and talking about your life. There's a lot of things we can do that are more so focused on healing the body physically, because a lot of times trauma is stored in our body. You know, that's why your neck is hurting when certain people talk to you or your back is hurting or your stomach hurts. Um, Our bodies are so interconnected and there's a lot more modalities that are addressing that now. I feel like every time, every time you say something, it it, it leads to uh, seeing something new. But I want to say uh, specifically, you said experiences from the past, how they affect the future. And mm-hmm. um, looking at from us as individuals, we have individual experiences from our past, but we also mm-hmm. have historical experiences from our past too. And, um, you know, I'm really hoping that that people from every walk of life realize that that those experiences from our history really do impact us um, as a whole. And um, and so I'm really, you know, I'm hoping that conversations like this can help, you know, shine a light on that. But I know whenever we see personally and I'll speak to my own experience, whenever I see um, you know, like the video, George Floyd's video, or Breonna Taylor's video, how now we're seeing that so often and how it's building up in some of our bodies, this traumatic experience, this Black trauma that we're seeing take place over and over again. But it it is something that has happened for so long, you know? Right. So what, is there any, for those of us who, um, you know, are feeling it, you know, that are, you know, are, are feeling in our bodies are experiencing, you know, um, that pain, you know, are wanting to know what are some changes that we can make from a mental health side? What are some things that can be done? So, you know, my desire is to impact change, but in order to break for change, you have to stay in a space of moving, right? You know, yeah. so how does that, how do we heal as we move and, you know, and, and grow through it? How, how do we do that? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of times, and I'll just briefly explain sort of how our 
vagus nerve works. That's the nerve that's connected to our um, emotions that spreads throughout our body. But yeah, that that vagus nerve system, the healthiest level we could be at is social engagement. And then the next level is more so where we're anxious or angry. And then the next level is a collapse. So that that looks like depression, dissociation. I say all that to say, to help us avoid that depression um, or just feeling of hopelessness that can come from watching things like the George Floyd video, um, we need to get back to the social engagement level where we are playing, having fun, interacting with people who bring us joy. And I know that sounds like, well, how can you have fun and play in knowing that all this is going on? But that's part of the remedy to find that balance and to offset um, these terrible things that are happening in the world is to go hang out with a friend and, and have you know, coffee or tea or something, because you your brain needs to be reminded that not every interaction is unsafe, that there are people that are safe around you. Um, like your body needs that relaxation. You know, I can't stress that enough. Uh, what going for a walk or drinking water, all of these things are life giving for you in light of seeing that the world is so unsafe, you need to be reminded that there's still um, joy in the world. Wow, wonderful. Thank you so much, Ashley, for that. And and that reminds me of the Color Museum. There was um, uh, a play, the Color Museum, that I was in a long time ago, and it was a commentary about the drums. I think about how our ancestors incorporated music and, you know, worship and, you know, even in the yes. midst of enslavement, but that, you know, in order, in order to survive, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Had to take place and, and, you know, just to hear it from the, the psychological side is really amazing. And again, going back to, uh, on the, how the word of God, the things that we're told in scripture, it is rooted in what God knows what we need, right? So when, you know, we make a joyful noise, why make a joyful noise? All these things are, are challenging. Well, no, make a joyful noise and, you know, commune with brethren and don't forsake the assembly. All of these things can help yes. help towards your healing and towards the process of you overcoming or dealing with the everyday challenges that we face, right? 100%, yes. Mm-hmm. So I I want to ask you as as a woman, okay? Uh, there's this woman's anthem back in the day when I was like in elementary school. Probably my mom would be like blasting it. it was Whitney Houston? I'm every woman, right? I'm every woman. I cannot sing, Ashley, and all of you listening. <laughs> if I could, I would sing it for y'all. But I'm every woman. It's all in me. Anything you want, done, baby. I do it naturally. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. So listen, I love that song as a kid, but honey, now as a woman, goodness, this is a tiring song. <laughs> There's so much that we as women do 
uh, so many hats we wear. And, you know, for, for a woman who's listening and it's like, I don't have the time. I'm doing I'm everything at all times. I'm really every woman. Mm-hmm. You know, what can you say to, to her um, to, to etch in that time to, to advocate for herself? And what, what words do you have for I'm every woman? Yeah, yeah. So um, I think one of the first things I would say to her is notice what you're telling yourself internally, because there's a lot that we place on ourselves that we hold ourselves to a higher standard than most of the people like in our household. (laughs) You know, like we would love, um, I'd like, I heard a, a podcast recently and they asked women, women, what would you like to do with a week without your family? Most of the women said, clean the house. <laughs> like they just want time to do the things that they haven't got to do because we place this burden on ourselves. This is an innate thing within us. And so, I would say separate what actually needs to get done versus what you're telling yourself. Like, let's prioritize that, you know, like life will actually go on if you don't wash the dishes every night. Like, let that flow off of you. (laughs) Like, yes, I know it gets needs to get done, but let's figure out how can we prioritize your sleep? so that you're getting enough sleep and you're getting enough water to fuel you to do all the things because let's give you enough energy to do the things instead of just sitting with the knowledge of all the things you need to do because now you're weighed down stressed hair's falling out you know let's not do all that (laughs) so so first it's a mental game it really is motherhood is a mental game being a wife a partner a daughter, a friend, it's all a mental game. So let's figure out what actually needs to happen and then take care of yourself first. Enough water, enough sleep will go a long way for you to get the other stuff done in the future. (laughs) As I drink my water, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I needed that. I don't know about anybody else, but I needed that for sure. (laughs) Thank you. So much we we have to see what we're telling ourselves, what actually needs to get done versus what we tell ourselves. Oh, guys, I, Ashley, I you have availability in your for your, your client list. Listen, if Ashley was not my friend, she would be my therapist because she's so great. Um, so speaking of that, let's talk a little bit about Pack Light. Well, and we're going to, I haven't gotten through half of my questions, so we're definitely going to have to do another time with you. But let's talk about, tell us about Pack Light Counseling. Sure. Yeah. So Pack Light was started in 2018 um, in Mechanicsville, Virginia. <clears throat> And um, it was was just me. I was a, a sole practitioner. And then in 2020, I was getting married and we were moving to North Carolina for my husband's job. And so I needed to hire some more people to take over my practice, or so I thought. Um, and then COVID hit. And so a lot of my clients stayed with me and just did virtual counseling. And we got such an influx of more 
clients that we needed to keep hiring people. And so that's how now we're up to eight counselors and my family and I have moved once again to Georgia. And so now we're licensed in Virginia, North Carolina and Georgia. And then as I've had clients move, I've just gotten licensed in those states where they've moved to or we've gotten counselors in other states. And so we've gotten licensed in those states. So that's how we have this hodgepodge of states that we're licensed in. Um, but we are, uh, we take a lot of different insurances, you know, and we're self-pay. We try to have a pretty affordable sliding scale. And we just really want to be accessible to people. Um, I always have the mindset of, that old, I think it was a Staples commercial where you could just press a button and think like, that was easy. Like, that's how I want accessing counseling to be for people to walk away and be like, huh, that was easy. You know, I just called, made an appointment and I see my counselor weekly and I'm getting better. Like, I just hate that there's so many barriers to counseling now. So I'm trying to make it more accessible for people. And I love the name Path Light, right? <laughs> because we do, as we go through life, we it can get a little heavy, you know. And you're you all are helping, um, helping people unpack, which I think is a beautiful thing. And what can you? I didn't say your model exactly. Can you say your model for us? Yes, yes, um, yeah. It's Path Light Counseling, helping you feel lighter, um, and. You know, if, if our listeners are familiar with the Erica Badu song, Bag Lady, that's initially where I thought of the concept of packing light because her whole song is about, you know, you need to leave these bags behind, leave your burdens behind and just pack light. And that really spoke to me. And that was what I hoped would happen for the clients. Man, you you guys are, are changing lives and helping people every day. And I so appreciate the work that you do. And I'm thankful that you accepted the call. You know, a lot of people can, you know, have something in their mind and they stick with it. <laughs> even if the signs are saying it otherwise, but God is trying to lead them in a different space. And I know um, working in a nonprofit was their initial thought and goal. And, and um, that might be something that you're to do in the future, but I'm really thankful for what you're doing right now and the lives that you're helping. Um, one of the last questions that I'll ask for, for those that are listening that after this conversation, they're like, oh yeah, I, I feel like a bag lady. I need to unpack, um, you know, what are some things that they should look for in a therapist? Because not everyone is you, right? So if you're not in Virginia, uh, Maryland, Georgia, where the, <laughs> all the places where backlights are to you and you have to, you have to find another therapist. Um, what are some yeah. things to look for? Some questions to ask? Yeah, well, I think first let's be honest with yourself about your life experiences. Like a lot of people come in for grief or um, for anxiety, and then they realize, oh yeah, by the way, I had this um, significant, significantly traumatic childhood. And so now we're really looking at more of a complex 
PTSD situation instead of just grief or just, you know, anxiety. Not not down downplaying those at all either. But um so so let's see like are things from your past affecting you now? If so, you might need somebody who can also work with trauma. And so when looking for a counselor, um, I would certainly say look for somebody who mentions that on their bio and um, do a little research about what some of these therapeutic interventions are. I know a lot of it just looks like a lot of letters like CBT, DBT, um, just all these EMDR you know, we as therapists, we know what it is and we list it on our bios, but look into it and see like, oh, this therapist um, really wants me to journal a lot. You know, they talk a lot about narrative therapy. I know I hate journaling. Like, I should probably find somebody else. <laughs> or if you're more somebody who doesn't really like to talk a lot, you might do something more physical like EMDR or somatic work. Um, there's also brain spotting. These things are more physically engaging and they help heal the body in a different way than just talking through your experiences. So doing a little research, um, you know, I know people do research on doctors and um, other providers that they get. So be sure to not just research the therapist, but also the interventions that they list on their page. That's really good. That's really good, actually. How can people stay connected with you? What, what are ways that they can follow you and reach out to you? Yeah, so our website is packlightcounselingllc.com. We have a Facebook page that's Packlight Counseling and an Instagram that's Packlight Counseling. And we are working on a podcast as well called the Hope Filled Podcast. And so um, that will be relaunching in March as well. And so that'll be on all the places you can find podcasts. And um, our first episode is about sleep and how you can get better quality sleep and how that affects the entire body. And so um, I'm a big advocate for taking care of yourself physically as well as your mental health because all of that is connected. Amen and amen. I am definitely going to listen to the podcast and specifically to your first episode. Um, yeah. And I encourage everyone to do so as well. Ashley is truly, you know, as you can hear, um, not only is she a wealth of information, she's just such a solid, good person and one, probably one of the most genuine people I've ever met. I've met a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're able to uh, connect with her, do follow her. Um, if you're in Virginia, Georgia, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, or Maryland, <laughs> um, you can benefit from, we all can benefit from uh, these services. So I'm so grateful for you, Ashley. And um, I really definitely would love to have you on again at some point. But thank you for um, being a trailblazer and a history maker and an advocate. You are helping people in the next generation of leaders. And I'm so grateful for you. Um, I know I said the last question was the last question, but we always like to leave off for the next generation for a young girl 
who might be listening or a, a parent of a, of a young girl who, um, what would you say to her to encourage her? Oh, yeah. Um, goodness. Right off. It's like, stay strong, baby girl. Um, <laughs> with what you want to do, try to stay focused on the things that you enjoy doing because the things that you enjoy doing can create room for you and notice what you're naturally drawn to. Like before I was a counselor, I was a counselor <laughs> in the sense of I was a little fourth grader helping out my friends and who were in rough situations, like helping them work through their stuff. You know, um, I've had friends that were cutters in middle school talking to them about their experience at the hospital and how we can help them avoid going back. You know, like, <laughs> this has been me my entire life. So for that little girl, what makes you tick you know what are your interests um because we can build on that you know you don't have to fit into this this box of enjoying one of the subjects in school like you know if you're really good at crafting or things at home like celebrate that do more of that people are writing books and doing all these things about the stuff that they're naturally good at so there's space for you and your interest in the world. Beautiful. There's space for you. Thank you, Ashley. Bless you guys. Until next time, continue to get better each and every day.